0: Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible.
1: The entire Bible every year.
0: On Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. So will ask questions from the Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of The Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Sophie Dollar.
2: Of celebration this year that you sensed and experienced the presence of the Lord in your family, in your marriages, in uh, just every level of, of your family this year as we celebrated the coming of the messiah into the world now here on the bible live it just fit in perfectly because we've just finished reading the first three books of the hebrew scriptures uh the the pentateuch the uh, the torah as it's called genesis exodus leviticus and then we'll read numbers and deuteronomy uh after we finish with the Gospel of Matthew, we've we've now turned. Uh, this week we finished up the book of Leviticus and turned to the book of Matthew to uh, for this celebration, for this time of recognition that uh, the Messiah that has been predicted and foreshadowed and shown to us all through uh, the. Pentateuch, from the Garden of Eden all the way till Moses giving the people the Ten Commandments at the base of Mount Sinai, which is, by the way, where we are leaving the people of Israel temporarily. They're camped at the base of Mount Sinai. Uh, They have uh, come out of Egypt. Moses has led them out of Egypt. A leader has been raised up uh, that would deliver them from that oppression, from that slavery in Egypt. And he has brought them out of Egypt and into uh, freedom. And now there's some, uh, as we often say, some nation building going on at the base of Mount Sinai. God is reminding them through Moses and his messages who they are, who their God is, what their their covenant relationship with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, their ancestors, and reminding them of their, their spiritual legacy and heritage that they now are, are to experience and to live out and giving them these uh, earthly instructions about how they're to treat each other, how to to honor God. Some of them have to do with the opening uh, Ten Commandments, have to do with the relationship with God, and, and then the others have to do with how they treat each other, moms and dads, husbands and wives, family, neighbors. Uh, In community, and then through the Book of Leviticus, Moses begins to expand on those. What in over six hundred? Isn't that right? By the way, welcome everyone. This is (laughs) Soapy on the Bible Live, and we just kind of jumped into the theme of the evening. Merry Christmas! Merry Merry Christmas! Christmas. Yes, we we (laughs) did do that, but uh stacy is here with me my daughter stacy is helping me as we go through the scriptures thank you you, john and john is also here giving stacy a a standing ovation there thank you john that's nice of you you (laughs) okay he finally stood uh well we we're ready to get moving through the book of leviticus Mm -hmm. as we finished up that book monday tuesday and wednesday of this past week we read the final chapters chapters uh, 19 through 27 of the book of Leviticus and then on Thursday we picked up at Matthew chapter 1 and read through chapter 9 Thursday and Friday uh, just in time for our Christmas celebration reading about the birth of the Messiah Jesus of Nazareth born in Bethlehem so it's a great great section for us to be focusing on at this time Mm -hmm. And uh, what we want to do is put out for you uh, during this next 90 minutes or so, you're going to be able to call in, be a part of the program here, the Bible Live program, 210-340-9585 is our phone number, 210-340-9585. Now, this is our, we've started our, what, our 21st year now Mm -hmm. going through the Bible every year. And so uh, if you haven't done that yet, I hope that you might discover com. Go to that website, com, and just you'll find there each week the readings for each day of that week, Monday through Friday, uh, 15 to 20-minute reading every weeknight. And then uh, there, are, there are lists of questions that you can use to as study questions that guide you, questions and answers, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that you don't uh, have to stress yourself too much. Uh, the questions, key, g- good key questions, not just uh, factual questions, which are nothing wrong with factual questions because this is based in fact. And so we need to ex- express that and understand it, but also spiritual questions about what God is saying, what God is doing in and through his people in, in, in a given moment. Uh, so you can find the, the readings. You can find the questions and discussions and network with others who are reading as well. You can uh, form your own group, your family, others, a husband and wife. I know a husband and wife that is using the Bible Live as a, a Bible study just for them. He's in the Navy, and he's out on one of these nuclear submarines in the Pacific. Uh, in fact, is he's one of two people on the submarine who knows where they are at any given moment, which is kind of interesting. But he and his wife are able to connect uh, and study the Bible together through The Bible Live, which is kind of a fascinating uh, uh, thing. Now, you could do the same with your family, with your loved ones, folks around the country, around the world, in fact. So uh, discover all of that at thebiblelive.com. And, uh, of course, you can also connect there and and ask questions and connect with others who are going through the scriptures as well. So here we go, La Leviticus. Let, let's uh, let's put out some questions, Stacy, that people might be able to respond sure. to, and then also, during the hour. Yeah,
1: and then also you had mentioned how it does seem that each year there's always, especially as you reflect on Christmas and Christmas time, mm-hmm. some sort of a theme or something that recurs uh, that makes. This Christmas kind of unique, and so I, you had mentioned. I thought that was neat because it's true for me that definitely happened. Um, and mm-hmm. so, if you have a thought on that, or if this Christmas there was something that just especially stood out to you and you wanted to call and talk about that or mention that, I'd love, I'd love to hear. Oh, that
2: it. would be great. That would be um, great to hear. And it, it is true. I don't know, John, if you, if you think back through Christ- Christmas's past, and of course, it seems like. <laughs> Every Christmas brings its own set of circumstances. Mm -hmm. Here we are still locked in the throes of COVID and the pandemic. Uh, That was true last year, but now we're in a different kind of a phase. We're trying to Mm -hmm. activate again and move forward, and yet we have these different variants coming along. And so, I mean, we have a world situation, and then we have our individual personal walk, our personal experiences. Yeah, it's true. Every Christmas, it kind of seems to – a different kind of an angle, a different kind of a perspective seems to pop up about the coming of the Messiah. And I could tell you what mine was this year, but I'll, I'll withhold it for the moment.
1: I especially, but that's a good idea, yeah, Stacey. Let I people especially. call in
2: and tell us uh-huh. what, what seemed to jump out in your own personal life or in your family, perhaps even in your church uh, experience. What aspect of Christmas seemed to really jump out this year?
1: I always think it's... Um, interesting too and i like to hear the perspective of men versus <laughs> women because i have a feeling especially christmas with so much holiday and cooking and preparation and, oh, yeah. and of course mary and giving birth women i I'm, i the two things that stood out to me are es- especially from a woman's perspective and so mm-hmm. it's, and i've also i've often kind of thought that Christmas means more to to women. No, but I know that's not true, but because it means so much to me as a woman, I assume you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to hear men and and what you know, kind of yeah. jo- Joseph's experience and and the idea the wise men, the gifts, and the shepherds and the. You know, m- Mary is such a central, you know, figure and of course, the the birth and just what that must be for a woman to to. But experience. that's an interesting, <laughs> Yeah, I haven't thought of just, that in uh-huh. a way that
2: it might have a different perspective, particularly idea, as a, men as opposed to women, right. nor what you said, that I, your kind of general idea is that <laughs> it means more, and maybe that's more of a reflection of you as a woman. Right, than, I'm sure it is. <laughs> uh, but, but I don't know, um. Women do have a unique perspective of almost every aspect of the gospel message, which is uh, very valuable. I I found (laughs) out through your mom (laughs) and and through you that that I've learned some of those aspects. And, of course, my life experience, having been an orphan, abandoned abandoned at birth, and passed around to 16 families and finally put into a home for homeless and delinquent boys, I lived with boys all my life, from age 5 to 18, and then graduated, was on my own uh, as a single man, and uh, never knew father, mother, that sort of thing. So my, my particular past experience was colored greatly by the male perspective, no doubt about it. And maybe that has to do with presents and toys and <laughs> and clothes. Well, uh, maybe, yeah. I don't know.
1: Well, it's an interesting, the things, I guess the themes that stood out to me were the joy that lay before. Mm-hmm. And that's certainly something that oh, with childbirth and with, uh, you know, it's a very relatable uh, phrase for a woman. The, I mean, why would we go through something like that? You know, the, the joy that What do you that, get, that the before? joy that
2: lay before you, saying that Jesus...
1: Endured the Wh- cross. Where is that
2: passage you're talking about? I forget where that is. Uh, for, th- enjoyed- for the joy that was laid before him, right. he endured the cross. the
1: cross. And 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 just in terms of that's what in labor. I mean, labor is so yeah, painful right. and tough. And of course, though, that it's it's the joy though that that's coming. That um, that new life, that new birth, and then prepare him room uh, came to mind this year as I was. Running around and cleaning and cooking and baking and wrapping and purchasing and let
2: every heart <laughs> prepare <laughs> him yeah. room. Yeah, and uh, we sing it, but mm-hmm, then we do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and that yeah, how how I guess do we prepare him room? Mm-hmm. Might be the and what are the joys that lay before? What are the burdens? What are the hardships? From um, you know, for me, of course, I know, but what might that be for? Him? for men for us for, for us. the
2: joy that lies before us uh, the reason that we might want to walk faithfully and consistently mm-hmm. for the joy that was laid before us you know, a little mm-hmm. little exercise of motivation right mm-hmm. what 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 does move us and stir us well anyway you could give us a call 210 340 9585 210 340 9585 now and and uh I think Stacy's question the re- idea there is very good if you wanted to share a little bit about your own particularly your own p- private or particular perspective of the of the Christ- Christmas message mm-hmm. this year what seemed to pop out at you uh what maybe there was some new perspective new idea new thought that you haven't had not th- what was the thing you came up with? You said that it was something kind of new that Jesus was born a king. Oh, yeah,
1: yes. Well, some I heard it. It's a new
2: thought. I don't know what to do with it. But.
1: <laughs> no, well, it was just an interesting, um, yeah, an interesting thing. So, what, did you hear kings, a message or
2: something when uh-huh, someone mentioned this?
1: Yes, but I don't think that I heard the whole thing. Um, kings are never born. Uh, you're born a prince or a princess. You're, you're not born a king. And that Jesus was born a king. There was no precedence. There was no other. There was no coming into it. He was never a prince. He was although the prince of peace. <laughs> prince of peace. Yeah, <laughs> I was just thinking of that myself. Mm-hmm, but um, born a king. And mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. To, uh,
2: the Magi knew that, that we've seen a, a king, a new king of Israel mm-hmm. is born. We've seen right. a star in the mm-hmm. east, acknowledged by uh, you know, international audience, and, and of course, maybe born in Bethlehem. It, maybe it
1: ties to the second Adam, you know, or the the a king of a new of a new crea- of a mm-hmm. new people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and
2: know. of the lineage of David, mm-hmm. uh, particularly, I think Matthew. Uh, w- when we get in, t- when we start talking about Matthew in particular, we'll see that that was the special emphasis of Matthew. One of the twelve disciples of Jesus, and his particular uh, angle was that Jesus, as presenting Jesus as King, uh, King of the Jews, the, the the long-awaited, predicted Messiah that would come, and be the King. Of, not not just we're not just talking about the King of the Jews. It, it's it, it's a little bit different here. Of course, it has a very Jewish. Per, uh, application in that they were the people group as we've already read about in the Hebrew scriptures Abraham and Isaac and Jacob they, the, God had honored Abraham's faith and he was of the lineage of faith of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob uh, and so there was a people group connected to that through which God had made an earthly covenant that he would bless them and keep them and preserve them and bless all the nations of the world through them by bringing the messiah the savior the redeemer through their lineage and so there was a sense that jesus now comes as the that's why it's important that both joseph and mary were from the household of david Mm -hmm. the lineage of david why they went to bethlehem for that tax that was being uh taken they went to bethlehem because he was of the house of david and so uh you know have all of these connections there's a whole series of connections now to the hebrew scriptures that particularly in chapters one through three yeah. uh M- matthew focuses on uh the connection of this one who is greater than moses there is this constant uh this comparison that he one of moses as we've read about in the book of leviticus and, and maybe we should pick up there as well and kind of finish up the thoughts about leviticus moses is a picture of the messiah moses is a, an earthly picture of the redeemer who would come and deliver us from the kingdom of darkness of sin and deliver us into the kingdom of god which is another major theme of matthew the kingdom of god mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, in, in chapters one through three we see matthew making that connection uh, talking about how Jesus came, we see the, the genealogies, how he takes back and goes back and connects Jesus to the uh, kings of Israel. And he talks about one the greater than Moses who's now coming to deliver people, not from an earthly bondage or sin, but from, from the kingdom of darkness and the bondage of sin, a spiritual bondage, and deliver us into the kingdom. Of God into the kingdom of His Son, the Messiah. So that's that. That there is a good reason that we connect, we go from Leviticus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, mm-hmm. and now it's a very natural uh, transition into. Uh, although, as many hundreds of years later, Leviticus is being written about fourteen hundred years mm-hmm. before messiah comes a thousand four hundred years later now after uh moses has written leviticus there in the uh, uh as they travel through the the wilderness wanderings about 1400 years later now uh jesus actually this messiah is born the messiah that is prefigured and that might be another question we could put out for our listeners can you give us tonight, if you're listening, you would like to participate? Can you think of some of the ways that the Messiah was prefigured or was predicted in the Book of Leviticus uh, in the time of Moses? Here, in what ways did did Moses prefigure? I've already kind of given the big the big way that you know the, he delivers people from the kingdom of Moses brought them out of Egypt. God, uh, Jesus is bringing us out of the kingdom of darkness, of sin, and bondage to sin, and setting us free. So we see those the big uh, comparison, but maybe there's some details of the... Uh, see, what we have to grow to understand when you read the Old Testament, if you're reading Genesis or Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, as we go through these every year, we kind of try, we try to constantly remind you that that every book every single book of the bible not just the new testament but every book is about the messiah every book is about jesus uh and and it, he is prefigured he is described his characteristics are laid out there are specific things about his life that are predicted prophecies that are that are there are over three hundred prophecies, uh, specific prophecies, about the Messiah, what he would be like, where he would be born, what kind of lifestyle he would carry out, what he would, the nature of his ministry, what he would teach. It is predicted that he would speak in parables. Uh, so many, many things that you probably haven't even thought of or, or known about. They're all there in the Hebrew scriptures. There were, And a lot of them are brought out for us in the Gospel of Matthew because Matthew in particular is focusing on that link, that connection mm-hmm. between the Hebrew scriptures. There's so many quotations from the Old Testament and uh, that we can focus on as well. So maybe you could uh, do that tonight if you'd like to call and be a part of the program. Tell us what. How do you see Jesus reflected in uh, the Book of Leviticus, for example, which we uh, we finished up this past week in the in the design of the tabernacle, in the design of the priesthood, uh, in the design of the priestly garments, in any of the, the Yom Kippur? We saw the the two goats. Uh, we talked a little bit about last week uh, on Yom Kippur. There are two goats that are that. Picture the redemptive plan of God. One uh, one goat pictures his his death, his bleeding, and that one goat is is killed. His throat is cut. He bleeds out, and he his blood is sprinkled on the altar within the holy of holies, uh, where the the priest enters one time a year, and only the high priest. So that's one goat, and then the other goat is called the Scapegoat. Scapegoat. The goat that escaped, <laughs> is as <is>, uh, <laughs> our 8-year-old grandson said, the goat, the, escape, the escaped goat. <laughs> he, got
1: Aww,
2: <laughs> he got to leave. He got to, he, but he was, the sins of the nation were placed on his head, just as they were on the other goat, but instead of being killed as the other goat, he was taken out of the community, out of the camp, and mm-hmm. taken out into and. and Separated, so the picturing of course the work of sanctification that God is not only forgiving our sins through the atoning death of the Messiah, the Lamb of God, but also that He is committed to not only forgiving our sin because we need, we need more than forgiveness, we need that sin taken out of our lives, mm-hmm. that tendency that that weakness those those misunderstandings and so on uh that those fears and things that cause us to to sin So God is in the process through sanctification, another aspect of our salvation and redemption. He's in the the process of delivering us from the power of sin, just as he has delivered us from the penalty of sin. So those are different things we're talking about here. So if you'd like to give us a call and talk about maybe uh, some of these pictures of the Messiah you see in the Old Testament, in the book of Leviticus. We'd love to hear from you. Though. Again, the phone number is 210-340-9585, 210-340-9585, and we'd love to hear from you. It would be a blessing to hear what what you're hearing from the Lord one during thing, this season.
1: Yeah, one thing you had said is that the book of Matthew is, what is it, over 60% of uh, Matthew yeah. is, is is Jesus speaking. So it's Matthew recording Jesus' words
2: um which is I, I I hadn't thought of that in a while. Sixty percent of the text is are words of Jesus. Right. And we have what five major uh if I remember correctly, five or six five or six major uh messages.
1: Right, and right. Well and I, I love though that you can see Matthew just in how he's writing, not only is he connecting the uh, Old Testament to the New Testament but he's he's using Jesus's own words to also show Jesus connecting connecting the you know himself to the Old Testament in other words Jesus is so integral and it's not just him saying look I think that there's similar it is Jesus himself and he brings that Yeah out. we were and talking I, about that
2: earlier when someone asked Jesus what is the greatest commandment yes.
1: And he says, Leviticus, you should love
2: the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself.
1: Leviticus 19, 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against a fellow Israelite, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord.
2: <laughs> well, there you go. So
1: Leviticus 19, uh, yeah. yeah, nineteen
2: eighteen. It's good to realize that Jesus in almost every situation, you'd have to tell me, show me one that's not. Uh, Jesus is not particularly giving totally absolutely new information but he's giving new insight and information he quotes uh, almost always Mm -hmm. you squeeze him and out comes the bible out comes the (laughs) the the the, the tanakh the hebrew scriptures he's a man who's saturated with the scriptures but not just memorizing verses and throwing them out but he knows the meaning he knows the essence and he and he brings it out because they point in fact, to him, mm-hmm. maybe that would be the newest aspect. that he brings is he, how he points it continually right. to himself, right. which, and which is quite Matthew remarkable.
1: Does a just a beautiful job of weaving that into his own gospel, Jesus' um, Jesus's own words, and tying and showing how he he, he is embodying the Old mm. Testament. He is this Messiah.
2: What amazing! What an amazing message. Uh, if you think of how astounding that pronouncement must have been, that yeah. after all of these centuries, centuries of yeah. waiting and waiting yeah. and wondering when and where and how and who and who would be the mom, of, uh, they said that every Jewish girl always wondered, would it be I? Could I be <laughs> the one that would? Get? And yet at some moment, in a moment of time, it happened. It took on flesh, and the Messiah came into the world. That's what we've been celebrating this time of the year, Christmas. You can give us a call if you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. What was your particular personal take on Christmas this year? And then also, what what do you see in the Hebrew Scriptures that we've been reading about? What do you see there that pointed, uh, that helped you highlight and see Jesus? Let's say in the book of Leviticus. Don't go away. The Bible Live will return and we'd love to take your calls. 210 340
0: 9585.
1: We'll be right back. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar.
2: nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing.
0: You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Joy to the earth, the same.
2: sounding joy repeat the sounding joy repeat repeat the sounding joy like having john Tess in the congregation singing right? <laughs> singing right along with everybody else welcome back everyone this is the bible live Oh, I like that verse. The glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love and wonders, and wonders of his love. All right. Well, that is great to hear. We're back. This is the Bible Live broadcast. What did I do? All right. <laughs> getting us out of that i hope i hit the right button All welcome right. back everyone this is soapy dollar you're listening to the broadcast of the bible live uh, 20 years we've been on the airwaves here and reading through the entire bible every year you can go to our website the the bible live and you can hear the bible every verse every chapter every book of the bible every year uh, just go Monday through Friday to TheBibleLive.com or BibleLive.com, either one, and you'll find the readings right there on that opening page. Click on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, whatever day of the week it is, and you'll hear that 15 to 20-minute Bible reading, and we read through uh, every book of the Bible every year. We've read already Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus. We usually start our Bible reading year in the first part of November. Genesis, Exodus, and Leviticus, and then uh, just in time for Christmas, we jump from, uh, after the reading the book of Leviticus, we jump into the New Testament and pick up there with the birth of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, and then when we have finished with Matthew here in a week or so, we'll go back and finish up Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and then we'll come back to the Gospel of Mark. So we just alternate back and forth between the books of the Old and New Testament, moving straight through both of them and making our way through the scriptures every year. It's an exciting, a beautiful uh, read every year. I hope that you might uh, try it out. You, maybe some friends at work, maybe family members, uh, someone that you might like to go through the scriptures together, uh, just commit to going and listening every every week. And then, of course, you can uh, meet together or Zoom together or or maybe it could be a theme of a Bible study that you have uh, from each week and get through the Scriptures together. That would be a wonderful thing. Now, here on Sunday night, we take time to review the verses, the uh, chapters and books of the Bible that we have read in the past week. And as I've already mentioned, we read Leviticus chapters 19 through 27, and then we flipped over to the Gospel of Matthew and read chapters 1 through nine. Now I, I did not mention and I should that we also a part of the daily Bible reading is what we call the wisdom and worship segment, where we read from the Psalms and the Proverbs. Uh, and we use these as a just a little segment to help prepare our hearts to focus our attention on the greatness, the goodness of our God, and open our hearts to hearing his word So we use that the Wisdom and Worship segment. It's usually about a two- to three-minute reading uh, from the Psalms and the Proverbs. So this past week we read Psalms 25 through 27. uh, The Lord is my light. I love Psalm 27. And my salvation. I used to sing that when I could sing (laughs) a, a thousand years ago. But Psalm 25 through 27 and psalm 140 and 141 when we jumped forward to the gospel of matthew we jumped forward in the psalm readings as well and it talks about prayer the power uh, of prayer in our lives Uh, psalm 140 is a prayer for protection from enemies uh, assuring us in verse 12 that god will protect us and give justice Uh, To a a specific group of people. Maybe someone would like to take a guess. Who is the specific group of people that in Psalm 140 that God will protect them and give justice to them? Uh, It's a very interesting psalm, especially now in the light of Of, Messiah.
1: Yes, and of uh, of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. Uh, Exactly. And it's a
2: characteristic Mm -hmm. of Jesus' ministry. Mm that he is not exclusively, no. but it's a characteristic of his ministry that he he kind of moves among common folk. Mm-hmm. As we said before, he's it's ironic that a king would normally a king is born in a palace or in a beautiful estate somewhere. And, and but here he is born in a very, very humble, extremely humble mm-hmm. circumstances into to a humble family and everything about it was uh, mm-hmm. except the. The angels, (laughs) lighting the sky, and so God put on some fireworks for him. But it was uh,
1: appeared to shepherds, which were, you know, extremely common and probably made fun of, and I mean smelly and outcast. And here these shepherds.
2: Yeah, which uh, that's talked mostly in the Gospel of Luke. We have the. Story of the shepherds yes. m- emphasized, but that's part of right. well, the coming and, of Messiah. And it yeah. also
1: connects, you know, we were talking, uh, of course, in Leviticus and the lamb and how you were to choose a sacrificial lamb, and it was to be a lamb without blemish, without spot. Right. And who best would recognize such a lamb than the shepherds who <laughs> care for them and take care
2: of them. And, and uh, some say yeah. that these were shepherds around Bethlehem that were temple shepherds they were mm-hmm. tending mm-hmm. temple flocks that these were the lambs they were tending the sheep that were going to be used mm-hmm. at the day of atonement and right. the, the, for the sacrifices mm-hmm. uh that has been mentioned or suggested that that's in in fact what these shepherds were in were oh, doing oh,
1: and that's so sweet and they were the first ones to yes then see this little baby Tell, are,
2: is that program, The Chosen yeah, and The Shepherd, is a, they, that still being shown?
1: Uh, you can look at it on YouTube or um, I think they have an app now, so you can get it on the app. They do a great depiction of yeah. their pilot. That was their pilot program. So, um, it's called, called The Shepherd, called I believe. It's called The Shepherd, uh-huh. and they do a great job of depicting that moment, I think. That now, I the best.
2: downloaded the app on my cell phone. Mm-hmm. I just... You What do you do? You go to The Chosen online and you go uh, to The Chosen? Yeah, the
1: App Store and just The Chosen. And you oh, your App Store, and, yeah. Uh, the and the you can look um, for the, the, pilot, the pilot. But I think it's probably on YouTube as well. And, what
2: are they, 12 or 14 you know. programs, right? The, they have two uh, seasons The Chosen focuses out. on the lives, the, the people, the lives that Jesus touched during his ministry, particularly, I think, the, disciples. the, the, the 12 disciples. Mm-hmm. But it opens up the pilot of the series of program, and they're very good, folks. If you haven't discovered them yet, and I, I guess I'm assuming that most people have, but it yeah. could be that a lot of folks may not have. If you haven't viewed The Chosen, uh, it, it is really exceptionally good series, uh, not right. just entertaining, but very, very good. Powerfully spiritual, and talking about the characteristics of Jesus and of His ministry. So it'd be a very good companion piece if you enjoy watching uh, videos and portrayals. Uh, it's a very good one. And the first one, the shep, the shepherd is the pilot show, as Stacy mm-hmm. said. So just download, just go to your minutes, app store, you download the Chosen, mm-hmm. and you can start watching. The, I think I don't know how many twelve. I can't remember how many programs they have now well, put it's two together. Two
1: seasons and it's about seven episodes um, in okay, each. 12 season, or
2: 14 so programs, yeah. yeah. You know, you'd really really enjoy it and benefit from it. Well, let's jump from Leviticus and we still have that question out there about what pictures of Messiah do you see in the Old Testament, in, in particularly in in maybe particularly in in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus? And the lamb portrayal is one that's almost from the very beginning. I remember that it was Abel who brought a lamb. That was his sacrifice. And and the son of Adam and Eve who brought a lamb, and his his sacrifice was pleasing. There was some teaching. I'm sure there was some teaching that went on there, and they understood that the consequences of sin uh, is death. The wages of sin is death. We have that in the New Testament, but it's an Old Testament principle. The soul that sins, it shall die. Uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. That the consequences of sin was being was shown forth in this uh, ritual of worship. Part of their ritual was com- confessing sin to God and 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 having God forgive them. And they understood that that was done because someone s- substitutionary atonement, someone pays that penalty for me someone uh, experiences the shedding of the blood the the because the life is in the blood that's another old testament principle and that that's what we see the messiah coming uh, the messiah had to be a man who walked out a perfect life of faith trust obedience submission to the father and uh, lived a perfect life and then he who knew no sin became sin for us Uh, uh, fulfilling this beautiful picture of the Lamb without blemish, without spot. The Lamb of God, as John the Baptist called him, who'd take away the sin of the world. So let's get into the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Of course, Matthew himself is one of the 12 uh, disciples. No evidence or tradition argues otherwise. Uh, uh, The author of this Gospel demonstrates a familiarity with with the money and the taxes of the day, which adds support to his identity of uh, as Matthew, who was also a Levi, called Levi, and he was a tax collector, uh, and that Jesus meets and ministers to, and uh, very, very interesting background and experience. This one, and if you watch the Chosen again, you'll, a lot of it focuses on mm-hmm. Matthew. He's Earlier. he's one of the, yeah. a unique person in mm-hmm. the twelve. Uh, there is also it's written to the people of Israel. Uh, Matthew is clearly interested in the fulfillment of the Old Testament scriptures, and he's uh, as already we've already mentioned that several times. He and there are direct references and allusions to Old Testament prophecies, Old Testament passages, uh, Old Testament characters. There are many what they call types of Jesus. Moses is seen to be a type of the Messiah. Uh, and it turns out we, we can see aspects of the life of the Messiah in the life of Moses, uh, his superna- his supernatural birth, for example, uh, and, and delivery, and his uh, leaving the palaces of Egypt to, to identify with his people and bringing them out of bondage. So we see that in uh, the—there the, are others, too. What other images, what types of Jesus would you say you find In the Hebrew scriptures. If you'd like to participate and share some of these images of Jesus, the types of Jesus that we see, of of the Messiah we see in the Old Testament, it's important again to remember always as you're reading the Old Testament, and there's some things in the Old Testament that are very great and wonderful value to us as God's people, but they're all, they're of great value to us seen through the lens of the Messiah. Uh, The Messiah is central. The central character of the entire Bible, the Old Testament looks forward to the Messiah uh, and and predicts uh his person, his ministry, his character, and his min- his work on our behalf, and the New Testament looks back. the old testament uh is the, is has the New Testament concealed, but the new- te- the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed they the two work together in the central character. Of both Old and New Testaments is the Messiah, the Redeemer that God predicts and brings into the world uh, that we see and celebrate here on Christmas. So, though we see um, the r- written to the,
1: oh yeah, well no, go ahead, written the people of God, um, and I think that Matthew in particular has a really unique perspective because at this time Christianity would have been beginning to flourish, and there were those natural questions of oh, what yeah. do you do with the at least the traditions and the uh Old Testament that to uh knock the laws. So there was this tension between of course the Jews and the Gentiles. Um and Matthew had this really unique um perspective because he's fully Jewish. I mean he's mm-hmm. Jewish. He was also a tax collector. <laughs> yeah. And so he wasn't particularly beloved by his I'm sure his Jewish um yeah. uh, people. Um, and and maybe that gave him a unique a way to kind of uniquely view Jesus's message, kind of through a lens that didn't have, though he was you know loyal, I'm sure, and he was Jewish. It didn't maybe have carried like a national pride, perhaps, or sort of a maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of just guessing on maybe Matthew's personality or Matthew's approach to, and, and I think he had a unique way to talk about the Messiah that bridged maybe the divide that would have played out between the Jews and the Gentiles at the time. Um, in other words, he maybe didn't have rose-colored glasses uh, about maybe just his, his heritage, because he's probably pretty ridiculed and made fun of, and maybe even sure uh, ostracized for, to ostracized a great extent. Being, yeah. uh-huh, and yet, you know, that is his people. And so he had a love for his people but didn't perhaps have rose-colored glasses about them and was able to recognize that this is a Messiah for all people mm-hmm. and was able to speak in a way that um, that that bridged that divide. I think, in a, unlike, I mean, maybe Paul, of course Paul does a, a great job, but Matthew does it so colorfully. I mean, he does it with kingdom of heaven and with using Old Testament language and of, um, and mm-hmm. then, you know, and even his genealogy, you know, he mentions they're all, you know, well, two of the five women, first of all, he mentions the women in the genealogy, mm-hmm. and then two of the five weren't even Jews, so right. Gentiles, and then the other uh, three Rahab that were and Jews, Rahab and Ruth. Right, yeah. Rahab mm-hmm. and Ruth, and then the other three were Jewish, but had kind of questionable Bathsheba mm-hmm. and Tamar, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, who was the other one? Um, Rahab? Well, Mary.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, even Mary, for that matter. That's and right. And there is one more, right? It, um,
1: Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, uh, Bathsheba, and Mary. Oh, yeah, sure. So Bathsheba. So it's kind of a oh. way of saying something <laughs> yeah, without are. actually saying it. In other words, he's saying, sure, yes, Jewish, but they're not perfect. You know, yeah. these are just... Re- reminding the people of yeah. hey we're broken people that need a Messiah just as much as you know and it's sort of a human so he kind of has this great way of speaking to the Jewish people and reminding them of the essence and the, the core the heart of the gospel without saying uh, without kind of without directly saying hey look you're you're messed up too <laughs> um so yeah. I love that. I love that about uh, about Matthew, and I think that's a unique way of, um, you know, reading his gospel is kind of through the lens of how he might be trying to bridge that divide between Jew and Gentile.
2: That divide. That's a very interesting perspective, Stacy, because it highlights the the great challenge that Jesus had, and and. And that the disciples now have. Mm-hmm. Anyone who would acknowledge, anyone that would acknowledge and say, well, yeah, the Messiah has come. That that in and of itself is such a dramatic moment mm-hmm. in the redemptive plan of God. Now, the idea of a Messiah coming wasn't new. There was supposed to be a Messiah. Right. That was the highlight of the the. But is the dog there
1: that caught the the car? Is that the <laughs>
2: exactly? <laughs> what do now, I do now? Now what do we do <laughs> so now. that now that the dog has caught the bus? <laughs> you know, what that? do I do with the bus? <laughs> uh, but, but that that is a unique challenge that that the, a twofold challenge that Jesus had to present. One mm-hmm. was the message of salvation and redemption to all men everywhere. It, it was it wasn't particularly a it wasn't as particularly and especially especially, or exclusively a Jewish message. It was right. to all men everywhere. To all uh, people. All people. Uh, there's freedom from sin and bondage of sin and forgiveness right. and cleansing and restored relationship with, with the creator himself. And good news, wow, that's tidings. exciting. That will
1: be for all people, yeah.
2: <laughs> and to all people, yeah. But it resonates as well uh, in a very practical, personal sure. way to the people of of Israel, because they have been primed for this. They've been warmed up and and to some degree prepared. They should have been, Mm -hmm. I mean, it should have been a huge national celebration. And I've had people ask through the years, what do you think would have happened? Had they. Had they. Uh What would have happened if the people of Israel did, in fact, respond with faith and i'm and many so we got to be right, careful yeah. because yeah you're right mm-hmm. we don't want to overemphasize the fact that uh, all because not all jews rejected jesus a great number of, mm-hmm. of jews thousands and in, in that moment during the lifetime of jesus many thousands trusted him and followed him and re- recognized acknowledged him as the messiah and they are no less jews than any other jew in that sense so they so, so, we have to be careful about saying, "Well, the Jews rejected jesus uh, uh, but it seems like among the leaders
1: right.
0: who with,
2: had probably the most to talk lose
1: about, right which with, with, with which Matthew does talk about uh, yeah. and brings out and uh yeah yeah
2: they had they 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 had most to lose i mean they 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 would have to consider who the loss of perhaps some of their power and influence, the loss of even finances and money, even livelihoods mm-hmm. were at stake. Uh, and of course they were they charged the, the, with keeping, you know, making sure that errors were not made. Yeah. And They and so, probably
1: feared the Romans.
2: Um, yeah. They feared the Roman response mm-hmm. to, to a Messiah as well. And that had some experience with that. Right. The Maccabees and others that were and the Romans came down on them hard and And so you can see that there is this is a very volatile. It's a key moment in many ways, an absolutely perfect moment for the Messiah to come, uh, as as Paul points out in the in the book of Galatians, chapter four. In in the perfect time, in the right time, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Those two emphases: a human being, born of a woman, born a Jew. Born under the law, mm-hmm. which were two of the key predictions about the the Messiah that would right. come, right. And, and so and then it, and the, there were key things about that moment that that were important, mm-hmm. and so and, and we'll point those out at, at another time. But that's that's the battle that Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew and in the other Gospels as well. That's part of the battle he had to. Constantly fight against the, right. not just the message of salvation and redemption and, re- and restoration and reconciliation with God, but how it mm-hmm. fits into the narrative of the popular religion mm-hmm. and the politics of the time and mm-hmm. so on. And
1: he does it very beautifully. I mean, uh, I mean, Jesus is so gentle and so you know, he. And I think that that is one of the things that Matthew emphasizes and brings out. Jesus is always very personal um and yet these personal applications and these parables and the sermon on the mount personal and yet in this way able to be broadly experienced and so he kind of does it in this
2: which was also by the way a prediction a characteristic of the messiah Mm -hmm. that he would speak in parables which was it's fascinating, actually. Go ahead, Tony. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry.
1: Well, and so another way, he says, Matthew, Jesus says so much without saying it. Rhet- like rhetoric, the art of persuasion. It's it's so rhetorically beautiful because it's leading a horse to you know it's leading the horse to water. It's not yeah. trying to beat him and make him drink. Um,
2: <laughs> and uh, you but know, but it sure is enticing. <laughs> it,
1: yes. And, uh, you know, in, in talking about the kingdom of heaven and just his emphasis on discipleship um, and talking about the Messiah and all in hell, fulfills the Old Testament writings. It's just beautiful. So we'll come back. We're music. I'm gonna go to a break. Oh, this is beautiful. Nice music, John.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll come back and we'll talk about. I wanted to talk a little bit about this experience in Matthew chapter four when Jesus is tempted following his baptism by John the Baptist. Uh, we see Jesus being led by the Spirit out into the wilderness to be tempted by Satan. I want us to talk about that. What was that all about? Don't go away. This is the Bible Live, and we will return.
0: Glory to the Listening to the Bible live with Soapy Dollar. I am the oh, 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 oh. Go, go, tell it on the mountain. Over the hills and
2: everywhere. Go, That's what we're called to do as well, right? Go tell it on the mountain. <laughs> tell that story. Tell that message of freedom, of forgiveness, of cleansing, of joy around the world that's our delight as god's people today welcome back to the bible live everyone this is our final segment we've been taking a look at the passages of scripture that we read this past week if you go to the bible com, the bible com, you get a chance to uh, read with us or listen through the entire bible uh, every year and our reading schedule is genesis exodus leviticus so we we finished the book of Leviticus this past week, and we uh, jumped up 1,400 years to the Gospel of Matthew just in time for Christmas. We read the first book of the New Testament. Then we'll go back and pick up at uh, Numbers and Deuteronomy and then come back for the Gospel of Mark. That's the way we do it. We That's the way we roll. Is Isn't what, no, I'm picking up I, In my old age, I'm getting cool, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the way we roll. We go through the entire Old and New Testaments, and uh, now we're discussing tonight. We have this final segment. We've been looking at the Book of Leviticus at how that the Messiah is prefigured, predicted, described in the Hebrew Scriptures all through the Hebrew Scriptures, in the Tabernacle, in the life of Moses, in the life of other leaders, in the life of the sacrifices, and the, the, the priesthood. I mean, so many ways. That even the design of the tabernacle of, uh th- that you could see pictures and images of God's redemptive plan, which is all focusing on this Messiah, this redeemer, this savior so now we're in the Gospel of Matthew, and we've been talking about the challenge that it was uh for for example, matthew being uh, uh he was from the tribe of Levi, but he w- was um uh, a tax collector he mm-hmm. considered a traitor in a sense uh to the popular uh, culture of his time and so he, the struggle that they went through the particular special challenge they had as jesus presents himself as the messiah the redeemer the savior of the world but also uh, having to connect himself to and demonstrate that he is indeed that messiah because he is the one who fulfills all over 300 predictions and specific prophecies about the redeemer about the messiah who would come and so uh, and Matthew is particularly sensitive to that he is mm-hmm. focusing on presenting the messiah as the king and he speaks a great deal of the kingdom of god mm-hmm. and the so the king heaven, has uh, come uh, yes
1: the kingdom of heaven i think mentioned kingdom uh, of heaven mm-hmm, yes 30 times
2: now, I wanted to talk jump quickly if we could Stacy, to one passage that some yes. that some people have i don 't know if they particularly have uh, problems or difficulty with it it, it it's just a it 's a remarkable passage that we talk about it uh, of course uh, Matthew also gives the genealogies back to David, uh, which is the prediction of the Messiah would be of the house and lineage of David. Uh, then he talks about john the baptist who is the one who was predicted as well a a prophet in uh in the isaiah of elijah like uh, elijah uh would come he he will be a voice shouting in the wilderness isaiah said prepare the way for the lord's coming clear the road, road for him and so john the baptist was this very unique individual who was uh, the last of the Old Testament-style prophets. And he is, risen, is raised up to anticipate and to herald the coming of the Messiah, which he does and recognizes Jesus as the Messiah. Now, he baptizes Jesus. By the way, there's one thing in chapter 3, verse uh, 15, uh, is that 15? My old eyes are not Uh going. He baptizes Jesus, and when at Jesus' baptism, uh, the heavens are open, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove upon Jesus, and a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly beloved Son who brings me great joy. Now, a lot of folks may not realize the importance of that is because John had already, we see in the Gospel of John, that John the Baptist had received that notice from the Father, mm-hmm. that when you're baptizing, because John the Baptist was having this unusual ministry of baptism, mm-hmm. uh, he is a child of Elizabeth and Zechariah, who were both Levites. Mm-hmm. The temple ministry in that era was, was highly compromised, mm-hmm. very corrupt. The priesthood had, was being bought and sold. Uh, uh, the non-Levites were having a priestly functions and so on uh, even uh, and put into power mm-hmm. Caiaphas and his and his son-in-law and so the priesthood was very compromised the temple uh, the worship of God in the temple was very corrupted mm-hmm. and so John the Baptist was a Levite he had the authority of, of the Levites and he was teaching and preaching prepare the way for the Messiah and he was baptizing at the river jordan now when time came for jesus to begin his public ministry uh, a- as was as was directed in the hebrew scriptures he was to go to the priests and present himself for ceremonial washing and dedication but he didn't go to the temple to do that because of the corruption right. that was there mm-hmm. but he did go to a levite Mm-hmm. Uh, to john the baptist and he, that's why he went to john the baptist yes. and, and john the baptist even asked him uh why you, who would come to me and he says for all the uh oh i i just can't see it honey i'm uh,
1: sure well it should be done for we must carry out all that god requires
2: so there you have it jesus was following the commands mm-hmm. of god right the laws that we just talk yeah. about yeah the 10 commandments and all He was following those laws and going to begin his ministry with this ceremonial washing, and he went to the Levites. Right. Well, and that and
1: that's kind of another way that Jesus is saying so much without really saying anything again. So he is both fulfilling the law, but he's also recognizing that in the current state, it's corruption, and so it's it's fascinating. There's he's doing everything, in he's
2: fulfilling his calling, right. but he's doing it God's way right. as well every right. in every detail. Yes. And so we have this experience of his baptism, and, and John is told, when you see the dove descending, uh, uh, like mm. then you'll know that this, this is it. the Messiah. And so oh. John recognizes and acknowledges that he is the Messiah. Now yes. then, then it says immediately Jesus was led by the <laughs> Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. For forty days and forty nights, he fasted and became very hungry, which is, must have been a very dramatic, uh, powerful time in his life. Uh, I mean that 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 is a remarkable. Uh, I mean this experience of fasting. Those of us who have fasted before uh, and, and know that experience, this it, this was important in the life of Jesus. Uh, he goes directly from his baptism. And before he begins his public ministry, now he goes out to, and he's tempted by Satan. Now let's let's lay the foundation for this. Does Satan know that Jesus is the incarnate Son of God? Yes. How do you How, yeah, and how, you know,
1: how I, do you know? How do you know he
2: I, knows? I, I I just I'm just that's my answer to the okay. question. I don't know how I know. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm not sure it actually says in here what Satan knew who he was, but mm-hmm. I think you'll pick up, and it makes sense that Jesus, G- I mean
1: at the very least he uh, was he he it could be yeah <laughs> at the, at and his temptations
2: least. all of his temptations here right. have to do right. with uh okay let, let's say, okay if if satan knows that Jesus is the son of god yes then satan also knows there's no way in the world he can actually
1: Dethrone, d- d- dethrone right, God. Right. He can't,
2: he can't he make can't Jesus unbecome, not be un- God. Right, right. So what is at stake here is not Jesus' deity. Right. Uh, I'm just saying that up front. Mm-hmm. It's not his deity, uh, if he's God or not. What's at stake is he's trying to. Pr- it, can he be this unique human being, right. who is going to live, walk out, and live the perfect life of faith trust and on submission to the Father and then be our redeemer, our can Savior. Can
1: he undo what Satan can he did
2: undo what Satan did and did eliminate Jesus from being fulfilling the role of the Messiah. Right. And so what does he have to do to get that to happen? He gets he gets he has to get Jesus to do something of his own initiative, of his own prerogative, of his own authority as God. Mm-hmm. Because, see, that's the whole point. Jesus didn't come to planet Earth to prove that he was God. Mm-hmm. I mean, he could have done that in an instant. Yeah. He could have turned called 10,000 angels, we're told in the mm-hmm. Scriptures. He, mm-hmm. he could have done all kinds of things to show that he was God. Mm-hmm. So, he, obviously, his purpose on coming to Earth was not to prove that he was God. It was to carry out the role of the Messiah, mm-hmm. which is God, but also to humble himself and live totally in total dependence and trust and reliance on the Father mm-hmm. as a man, right? As the second Adam, as the sec- last Adam. Yeah, exactly right. Mm-hmm. And so, so we see that clearly demonstrated. I think in this example of the so, p- prediction yeah. so of, of the temptation.
1: I mean, it's, so Satan's take. to, I mean, here we are back at the the gar- the tree, mm-hmm. <laughs> the tree of the, and here's Satan just. Trying to tempt again. And, and, and he does
2: the same thing he did. He questions the scriptures. Did God really say mm-hmm. that? Is that what God, mm-hmm. you know? And so let's take these uh, temptations, the three of them, quickly. Uh, uh, if you're the son of God, turn one of these stones into bread. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so he's hungry. And so he says, if you're the son of God, mm-hmm. demonstrate you're God's son uh, by doing this. And he said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So, he's he's calling upon Jesus to demonstrate uh, that He is God by turning the stone into bread. Now, how what what was the nature of that temptation? Did God have the ability? Did Jesus have the ability to turn the stone into bread? Yes, John.
1: Did <laughs>
2: did Jesus have the power to turn the stone into bread? That was the first temptation. If you're the son of God, turn that stone into bread. Yes, he did. Could Jesus have done that? Yes. Okay, we see and we think that yeah, he could have. He that was very much he did some things even greater than that.
1: But, but he had not done them yet, actually.
2: That's true. So. And so he's saying, could he have done it yet? Yeah. What would have happened? See the challenge Jesus had was to live a life of total trust, and dependence, and submission to the Father. Right. In other words, he can't act of his own. It, 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 you know, he can't act his own initiative, his own prerogative, his own desire. Right. He remember what he says in the Gospel of John: "I only do what the Father shows me and tells me to do. Mm-hmm. I cannot do anything of myself." Right. And so Satan is trying to get him to do something of his own power and initiative and prerogative. Mm-hmm prove your God eat, do, eat, eat and the,
1: eat of that tree.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. Do that. And, and so Jesus rejects that. He mm-hmm. says, I'm, uh, you know, the father is not guiding me, leaving me to do that. And, and I'm not going to do that. I mentioned live by not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So we resist that temptation mm-hmm. to show forth his power, you know, and all, re, remains right. faithful to he submit to God's will. He might even been
1: playing on Jesus's own curiosity of whether or not he could do that. Might Up until well this point, have been. we don't. I mean, I, there's That's no, right. at least, this is the beginning. Uh-huh. And so Jesus had not raised anyone from the dead yet. At a little appeal this to
2: point, his pride. Yeah. If you're the Son of God, he hadn't
1: turned well, water to wine see, yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus kind of, yeah, kind of appeal. Exactly. Like, mm, I wonder if I can do that. Actually, yeah, that yeah, would be maybe.
2: And that's questioning his faith. Mm-hmm, right? Do I? Am I willing to just truly and totally trust in God, the Father? Right. Did? Okay. So that's one. Secondly, he says, "Okay, let's go to the top of the temple." Uh, in the temple in Jerusalem, there was a uh, the corner tip of the temple that was out over the ch- the court of the, court of the Gentiles, and he takes Jesus there and he says, "Okay, you, know, you want to present yourself as the Messiah, as God." If you're the jump son. off the temple.
1: If you're the son of God, yeah. Jump if off. you're
2: the son of God, jump off. And he even quotes scripture to Jesus and says, you know, now that Jesus quoted scripture to him, uh-huh. he quotes back and said, The angels will protect you. Uh, protect you and they will hold you up with their hands and you won't even stub your toe. <laughs> you know, then nothing will happen to you. Just so so what is the nature of this temptation? Here Jesus is going to have to present himself as the Messiah to Israel. Mm-hmm. And he said This is the temptation of the spectacular. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, do this, do jump through this hoop, do this, do this miracle. Remember, Herod and all the others kept wanting, do a miracle. Let me see you. And so he says, if you jump off this, everybody's going to see you, and everybody will think you're the Messiah. You know. And so it was the temptation of the spectacular, Mm -hmm. Uh, not being, not going through the faith of obeying God and trusting God and God's way and God's path, but. You know, which is painful and difficult? Because you've got these twelve disciples who don't understand you and don't don't get it, and no one's going to get it. But if you do this, everybody will go. Oh, you're the you're the Messiah. And yeah. So, so it's a temptation, and a lot of modern Christians kind of go for the spectacular. You know, we don't like the the daily drudge right. of walking by faith and trusting God and through the hardship that we want us. We want the big spectacular. You know, yeah. And, and, you know, I like anyone else. I I like to see God work, and he does do those miracles. But Jesus rejects this and says that uh, you must not test the Lord your God. That is his quote from the Scriptures as well, from um, Deuteronomy chapter 6. So now, okay, that's another shortcut to faith. In other words, what Satan is laying out here is a a shortcut. Instead of going through all this process of trying to convince people and Get these disciples to understand, and all this painful process, and frustrating process. Just do this big, and everybody right. will fall in line. Well,
1: and I think what's interesting is Satan's approach is for to assume Jesus uh, views himself more as Jesus and or man, let's say mm-hmm. man, um, and not necessarily. Views himself as God yet. Or in other words, so it's it's Satan appealing to Jesus as man, wanting to tell this man to prove that you're God. And then in this next one,
2: in a way, I get it. But I don't think that. And that could be be it. I
1: think what's interesting, though, is in this next one, he appeals almost as if okay well i'm going to try then to appeal to Jesus as god but make him think he's man and the reality this is what's so interesting about this whole thing is that he is he is both he is actually completely yes. both and jesus the 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 fine line and the way that he gets out of it's to recognize i am both and that's how he avoids no, no the, doubt
2: about it is that he's both But I think there's an added little angle, honey, that you you might catch and agree with me as well too, though. That if if in any one of these experiences, what you'd have to ask is, what if Jesus had done it?
1: Right.
2: Yeah. What if Jesus had turned the stone into bread? What if Jesus had jumped off the temple?
1: Mm -hmm. Or the third, let's. And
2: the third temptation says, "Okay, he takes him to a mountain by himself, just the two of them. It's not public." And he shows him the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Now, in Barcelona, Spain, where we lived for a number of years, there's a mountain called Tibidabo Mm -hmm. that overlooks the whole city of Barcelona. Mm -hmm. Tibidabo in Latin means, I I will give it to you. And so the Spanish people think that that's the mountain that that Satan took Jesus to. Jesus went to
1: Barcelona. Showed him the most
2: beautiful kingdom (laughs) in the world. It had to be Barcelona. Oh,
1: sure. (laughs) So So I will give this
2: kingdom to you. Uh, uh, Tibidabo. I will give it to you. He says, if you kneel, do this, do this, and it doesn't say this in the scripture, this meaningless thing. Now look, if Jesus was God, there's no way in the world Satan could keep him from being God. Right. But as a man in his role as the Messiah, he says, I'm going to give you all this kingdoms of the world here under your c- control and command. If you'll just do this meaningless thing of, Bow down. And work. It doesn't change anything. You know, you're still going to be God. It doesn't change. Uh, now, Jesus reject. What what is the temptation there? Now, remember that the Messiah has been promised. I think it's Psalm 27. I can't remember exactly which one. But he's been promised, the Messiah, that he is, the kingdoms of the world are going to be made his footstool. Mm-hmm. So the Messiah is going to reign over all the kingdoms of the world. But Satan is saying, I'm going to let you do that. But I'm going to do it free. I'm going to make it easy. You don't have to go through this pain and suffering and difficulty of humbling yourself. If you just do this meaningless l- little thing here and bow down and worship me. Now, and the point is, I think in each temptation, mm-hmm. he's he's trying to get Jesus or tempt Jesus to avoid the pain and suffering of walking by faith and trust in the Father and the, what was coming ahead for him. And avoid that by taking an easy route, mm-hmm. and, uh, a shortcut of faith i will get and god had already promised the messiah the kingdoms of the world as they walk by faith and trust and submission to him in his plan and satan was said I, you don't have to do that i'll give it to you you do this easy simple thing right here and you've got them all mm-hmm. and, and i think what satan is doing is t- trying to tempt jesus take a shortcut right. in his role and work of the messiah as the redeemer
1: and by doing and so by doing he would have eliminated, eliminated him himself from being the
2: messiah the right. savior the redeemer right. it wouldn't have hurt Jesus he couldn't it he would wouldn't have, keep right. him from being God and right. in any way show, in, in his essence and right. but he would have been eliminated from being our representative right. I, I think it's so powerful uh now and I'm not claiming that it's the only correct uh, uh view of the temptations but it's one to me that makes the absolute most sense as to it was a real temptation right, because right. sometimes people think, well, they were trying to they get Jesus kind to of sin. They
1: temptation it, of it. Yeah,
2: it's not. It wasn't a temptation in, the old, in our sense of getting Jesus to sin. Right. It was get, It was trying to get him to eliminate himself from being our Redeemer, and our Savior. when Saviors.
1: you do understand it, little, or when you do think of it, it, it does give insight into how Satan operates and functions and with our own temptations um and so in other words as a child of god satan's not going to disqualify me ever as a child of god i am a child of god but he works and he'll lie and he'll manipulate and to maintain control or to eliminate us from being used in a certain way or from um or or from taking back something that redeeming something that satan had previous control over I mean, it's just an it's a it's an insight into how Satan can be desperate over control and power Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. he manipulates and he lies and his angles and trying to attack and to try to get in the
2: same way he tries to eliminate us from our authority and our experience with God and our all of the blessings and the promises that God has given us by casting doubt, by by trying to get us to do things in our own power, in our own strength instead of relying upon him right. and his way and his in his path. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is There's a lot of practicality to it, but it's particularly poignant when you see these experiences in the life of the Messiah, mm-hmm. the one man who is going to live a, a full-blown human being. He does nothing in his own initiative prerogative as God. He does only as a man trusting God. Okay. And Satan trying to pull him out of that role and tempt him to act of his own of Volition. his own power. Right. What do you say, Stacey?
1: Oh, I think that's that's wonderful. I, I, it it's the Bible is always both. <laughs> it's never or it's both. Take us um, home tonight. Yeah. Well, next week we'll finish up Matthew. So stay with us. Would do We go back to Numbers. Well, stay tuned. Follow. The, go to the website. Listen to um, this week's reading. Have Bible, a great new year and a happy new year. Yeah, that's right. Restore the Bible to our culture mailing address is P.O. Box 18888 that's Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218
0: hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live weeknights at 930 on this great station then join Sophie every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration and valuable prizes on the, the Bible, Bible Live Quiz Day. Show